Paul Diamond. Kia ora. Welcome. Morena. Kia ora. Now, what do we have here? BWB texts, wonderful little slimline texts they are. This one is entitled Introducing Te Tiriti o Waitangi. Uh, I'll get you to pick up as to its links to earlier works by the likes of Claudia Orange. Can you just explain? That's right. This wee book came out late last year, um, along with books to do with um, Hefakaputanga or um, New Tirini and the women's suffrage petition. So those are all exhibited as part of the Hetohu exhibition at the National Library, Te Punamata although those documents are cared for by Terua uh, Mahara, the Archives New Zealand. So they are linked to books that were done, sort of big hardback books that were done after the exhibition opened in 2017. But they're as you say, they're really slim little books like these BWB texts are. This one's 150 pages, and it's a fantastic little introduction to, to the document. Um, so it's got, you know, the, it's two parts, really. There's, there's one that looks at different aspects of the documents themselves, and then um, there's the historical essay, as you say, by Dame Claudia Orange, who's done so much of the really important historical research and interpretation about the treaty, going back, you know, to her book, um, The Treaty of Waitangi in 1987, which was based on her groundbreaking PhD and all the other works that have followed. So in, it's great, though, that you've got this sort of close look at the document. So it's structured um, according to what is it, when was it signed, and so you find out about the nine sheets and where those were signed around the country, actually what it says, which we're looking at a lot at the moment, um, who signed it, which I think is one of the most interesting bits of this wee book. Um, so around 540 rangatira signed it. And I know when I've talked to Claudia and others, there's still information emerging about these signatories. And as um, whānau hapu iwi and communities are sort of finding out new information, that's contributed to the knowledge about this. I love all the transliterations that says so much about that time. And I should have known this, but I didn't know that the name Makawairi is Macquarie. Um, Lachlan Macquarie, who was the governor of New South Wales at that time. Hoeti, if that's how you say it, Jowett. Pitiroi is Fitzroy. And um, Hoani Papita is John the Baptist. And I think that's such, I always think these transliterations are such an interesting window into that world of that time. And according to this book, um, and actually these little essays were done by Jared Davidson and Stephanie Lash, who are two archivists who were both curators in the Hetohu exhibition. It was about sort of enhancing your mana by, you know, calling yourself after Macquarie or George Gray or these other people. I also love the connections with Taonga and Farinui. So Mata Te Hokia um, from uh, Ngātiawa was the person who ordered the construction of Mātātua Whare, the Whare that went overseas and then came back to Whakatāne. I love this kind of idea of mana through time, through kōrero and Farinui and Taonga and other things. There's a man, um, Rangi Matanuku from Te here who had a schooner that got renamed Hukupuaka, um, bought with pigs, because he'd made so much money trading. That, again, these are little stories, but they give you windows into the world of these people, engaging with Europeans and e- economic activity. So what happened to the treaty? That's another section. And for me, one of the most interesting things about the history of this document is that in 1877, New Zealand was building railways and imported this fancy new technology, this photolithograph machine, which meant, uh, because we were building railways and they needed to be able to duplicate plans, but they also, I don't know why, but they decided to duplicate the treaty, which was hugely significant because many people will know that the treaty itself suffered a lot of physical damage from rats and other things, and the fact that the 
photolithography was done means that we actually know what the missing signatures were. And in the bigger book that this wee book's based on, you can actually see the two documents side by side, the the treaty as it is at the moment, and what these copies look like. So I, I love that. And that... Um, essay is done by Steph Lash. And then you've got the historical essay by Dame Claudia. She talks about um, He Whakaputanga o Te Rangatiratanga o New Tierini, the earlier document, 1835, which was talked a lot. Um, we heard a lot about that this week. And she explains how Rangatiratanga was used to talk about New Zealand's independence at, at that time in 1835, and then the treaty followed on from that. The treaty... Article 1 used kāwanatanga and rangatiratanga, which didn't spell out the implications of British, British annexation. In Article 2, the translation didn't really stress that exclusive right of preemption that was granted to the Crown, and we're still working out the implications of that. So I think it would be good if this could be updated at some stage because the essay dates from 2017 when Her opened, and there have been some very important bits of scholarship since. Ned Fletcher's book on the English text of the treaty, Bain Atwood's book, A Bloody Difficult Subject, Ruth Ross, Te Tiritio Waitangi, The Making of History. Um, and just yesterday, Professor Michael Belgrave at Massey uh, gave a lecture about the um, for Auckland Libraries about the texts. And he ended up by saying, you know, at the end of the day, this is a sacred compact that leaves intact the tribal authority, Rangatiratanga, because Hobson, he argues, never wanted that. Um, he just wanted to create a government at that time. But I love um, what Michael was saying, that it represents a moment in both worlds. Humanitarians were still steering the ship, so that's very much what Ned Fletcher's book is looking at, the sort of humanitarian religious um, theology and things that influenced the treaty at that time. But on the other side, it represented religious, religious enthusiasm by Māori debating and becoming part of constitutional thought. So the debate goes on, but I think this is a really great little tool and resource. And by the way, have a look at the spin-offs collection of resources if you need more. Nui, Thank you, Paul. Uh, he has reviewed Introducing the Tiriti o Waitangi. It is edited by Jared Davidson with an historical essay by Claudia Orange, and it is published by BWB Texts. Do you have a price? I knew you were going to ask me that, but I don't. I don't either. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>